Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As we go through yet another week, and this will be quite the theme now for the week's And most likely the months to come as everybody is in lockdown, as we are basically bracing for the worst this week when it comes to the peak of COVID-19, the peak of this virus hitting our area. Obviously, everybody very much on guard and going to be a trying time. It has been very much over the last month. Trying times for anybody who's living here in the tri-state area. Anybody who's an American, honestly, take a step further. Anybody who's around the world right now, has this crisis within their backyard, and it's something that is without question influencing their day-to-day lives and how you go about your business, how you go about your routine, and we know everybody's routines and everybody's way of life has been thrown completely in 10, 20, 50 different directions. So with each passing week, it's like survive. Advanced. It reminds you of the NCAA tournament, but literally that is what we are all trying to do. We're trying to be safe. We're trying to get through that next day. We're trying to pass the time along the best way that we can. And listen, this weekend, maybe it was a movie or two. Maybe it was a little online poker. Maybe it was a lot of cooking. Or in my case, it was doing yet another radio show. But I've said it so many different times. The idea of just being on the air and hearing from you guys and talking to you guys and being able to just kind of spitfire in whatever direction I'm going to take the show, it has helped in more ways than one. So today's another one of those days where it will help me and you guys will most certainly help me. So on a sports-related note, and I have a little bit of our best of, which has kind of been, you know, our Flavor of the month and will continue to be the flavor until, you know, we actually get some sports news going on. Um, I got one for you. We'll save it for a little bit. But I was very, very intrigued by this year's basketball Hall of Fame class because even though it wasn't down at the Final Four where uh, I think you're usually accustomed to getting that sort of announcement, it didn't have the same sort of fanfare that 
it normally would because of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. But you got a chance to see one of the most storied Hall of Fame classes, I believe, in the history of that particular Hall of Fame. When you look at the three guys who found their way, three pillars of the late 90s and the 2000s when it comes to the NBA, and that, of course, the Hall of Fame induction of the late, great Kobe Bryant, the Hall of Fame induction of Kevin Garnett, and, of course, the Hall of Fame induction of Mr. Fundamental himself, Timmy Duncan. And all three of those guys left their mark on the NBA in so many different ways. And each kind of had their own little quirk about them. Each had their own unique personality that they brought to the table. But we're talking about three guys that will be remembered for quite some time in Kobe, in Duncan, and in Garnett. And Garnett being the first high school player since the late 1970s to make the jump into the NBA and for him to do so as successful as he did. Folks, Kevin Garnett was as fierce and as fiery a competitor as you're ever going to find. And the best compliment I could give the guy, even though he played for the Boston Celtics, and when he found his way to Boston, that team kind of worked its way up my list as far as teams that kind of got under my skin because they got good in a hurry. Their first year, they go and they win an NBA title. And if you weren't a Celtic fan, they could irritate you from time to time. But by the end of Garnett's run with that Celtic team, and it was Garnett, and it was Paul Pierce, and it was Ray Allen, the overall respect that I had for Garnett and for that team as a whole seemed to increase more and more and more with each passing year. And Garnett's career, remember, is not going to compare to Duncan and Kobe Bryant. It's just not. But he made the jump right out of high school. He had some great statistical years with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Took him to the playoffs a couple of different times. One year he took him to the Western Conference Finals when they brought in Latrell Sprewell, when they brought in Sam Cassell. But Garnett was never going to get to the top of the mountain staying with Minnesota. And if you go back in NBA history, one of the more important and pivotal trades in the history of the Celtic franchise is the trade they made with Minnesota involving Al Jefferson, involving a few others, and getting Garnett and putting him alongside Ray Allen and making a run with Paul Pierce. Garnett's championship with Boston. Garnett's years as a whole in Boston kind of left his mark on the league. Even though the better years of Garnett's career were played in Minnesota, statistically speaking, nobody would argue that. Guess what? Garnett will be forever remembered as a Celtic. He is one of those guys. I would equate it to Reggie Jackson. Where Reggie Jackson, yeah, had his best numbers, had his best years with the Oakland But because of what Reggie did in postseason play and what Reggie did in Game 6 of the 1977 World Series, I think there are a good majority of people that will, not just here in New York City, but throughout the country, who will identify Reggie as a Yankee. Even though he played the most amount of years with the Yankees, that's kind of where he left his mark in many ways. 
Garnett has that similarity to him. The anything is possible type deal. And let's not forget, Celtics could have won more than one title in that span. 2008, they win it. 2009, he gets hurt. They easily could have gotten past the Orlando Magic. And who knows what happens if they take on the Lakers that year. And then 2010, great series. Perkins goes down. And the Lakers outlast the Celtics in seven games. But that was a terrific, terrific team. And Garnett was really the emotional leader in so many different ways. Pierce might have been, you know, the ghoul guy. Pierce might have been the guy who was near and dear number one in the Celtic fans' hearts. But Garnett worked his way there. And hats off to him on an exemplary career. And not for nothing, did a pretty damn good job if you guys saw Uncut Gems in the Adam Sandler movie where he was really, really good. So maybe he's got a future with some Hollywood productions coming his way. Now, no knock on Kevin Garnett. He is a distant third in comparing the three players that are going in when you look at Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. And I'll admit, these are two guys who went about their craft in such different, different ways, but were both, you know, top-notch every which way. Now, with Kobe... A lot of the tributes, unfortunately, have kind of been out there already due to the untimely nature of his passing, where that was something that stunned us back in late January or February, whenever it was. Um, That was something that kind of really put a knot in your stomach in so many different ways. And Kobe had so much more to give. But if you think about his NBA career, he's with Shaquille O'Neal. He, too, like Garnett, comes right out of high school and hits the ground running. You remember that all-star game? You draw him back and forth from Michael Jordan. He's basically like, I'm coming for you. Had this eye of the tiger. Had this tenacity where he was going to will his teammates. Even if they didn't like him, he was going to will his teammates to victories. Now, fair or unfair, this is, to me, what may... I don't want to say it hurt my overall opinion of Kobe Bryant as an all-time NBA player because that's not the case at all. He is an all-time great. But in comparing him to Mr. Duncan, the reason I'm going to look at Kobe Bryant and rank him second amongst this Hall of Fame class is because even though you see the five championships, which are an unbelievable honor, and we know what Kobe did statistically, 81 points, Kobe putting on a show at Madison Square Garden, winning five NBA championships. But those first three titles against the Pacers, against Philly, and against Jay Kidd and the New Jersey Nets, I think we can all agree on this. Whether you're the biggest Kobe Bryant fan on the planet or not, you have to acknowledge, you have to understand, Kobe Bryant was not the best player on that team. In those three title years, he was not the most dominant player on the team. He was not the best player on the team. That belonged to Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal was the best player on that team. He was the driving force of that team. Go back and watch those games. Yeah, I know NBA TV or maybe it was somewhere on YouTube or whatnot. They were showing Kobe's brilliant game four of the 2000 NBA Finals. One of the more important games of Kobe Bryant's early career. But that postseason, those couple of years, Shaq was top dog. 
And they might have won a couple more if it wasn't for the divorce, which got ugly and there was no love lost. And I think in Kobe's sake, he was thrilled that Shaquille O'Neal left. It was very important for Kobe to go and win those two titles without Shaq. His overall legacy as a player would have taken, I think, a considerable hit if he doesn't win in 2009 and if he doesn't win in 2010. Because that kind of allowed his career to kind of come full circle. One with Shaq, then was alpha male top dog, won two titles in back-to-back years. And listen, he'll go down as one of the best two guards to ever play the game. But Kobe's image, Kobe just being out there, I think enhances him far more from a guy like Duncan. And anybody who watched the start through the end of Duncan's career, you know how unassuming he was. You know that he was not a guy in any way who was looking for attention. He was not a guy in any way who was saying, look at me, look at me. He is basically the polar opposite of that. But here's what I do know. Tim Duncan's career, from the minute he came into the league and he was as polished as it gets, Coming out of Wake Forest, unlike the other two that went into the Hall of Fame. Garnett, high school of the pros. Kobe, high school of the pros. Duncan was ready to hit the ground running. Ready to hit the ground running. Went to a team where David Robinson still had a whole lot in the tank. But he was no longer that top dog. Duncan went there and transformed the Spurs. Hands down. And even in his first title year, which all of us here in New York remember very, very fondly. Not the I did it to Spurs, beat the Knicks in five games, but the Knicks who were an eight seed, thrilling fashion, beating Miami, smoking Atlanta, and then stunning the Indiana Pacers. They went into that series without Patrick Ewing and basically knew what a daunting, tall task it was going to be to try to put a body on Duncan. They couldn't do it. And from that 99 finals on, Tim Duncan quietly went about a career that could put him amongst, I think, the top 10, top 15 players in the sport. And a career in which you now look at him maybe as the greatest power forward to ever play the game. A 15-time All-Star, a 15-time All-NBA player, 15-time All-Defense, three-times Finals MVP, five-time NBA champion, and won the MVP twice. He was the big fundamental. But anybody trying to look at the comparison now, and listen, they're two great players, two exemplary careers. But as you now think back on the NBA, and for those of you who lived it, which is basically a good majority of the audience, Kobe, it felt like was on your radar maybe in many ways far more than Duncan. Maybe it was his boring personality. Maybe it was the San Antonio Spurs and, you know, they weren't Hollywood. They weren't glitzy. They weren't the Lakers, not in the least. Watching their careers as a whole, Duncan was the better player. He was the better player. This is not trying to knock Kobe. This is not trying to throw cold water on Kobe's career. But if I had to rank this year's Hall of Fame class from an all-time perspective, Duncan, Kobe, Garnett, 
in that order. And I think one and two are clear cut, and I think Garnett is a distant third. Why? Not only the longevity for Tim Duncan, not only those accolades I just, you know, threw your way. Ask yourself this question. And how many of the title years was Tim Duncan not the best or right there as far as being, you know, the top dog on his team? The four championships he won before 2014, it is not even debatable. He is hands down the best player on those teams. He is hands down the straw that stirs the drink with those championship teams. Now, you want to tell me in 2014, Kawhi Leonard and Ginobili and Tony Parker, and it was, you know, far more of a team effort? That's totally fair. That was also in the twilight of Tim Duncan's career. And for what it's worth, the twilight of Duncan's career aged far more gracefully than the twilight in the final couple of years for Kobe Bryant because of everything he was dealing with, with the Achilles, with the injuries, being on some god-awful Laker basketball teams. Now, Kobe got the storybook ending. Much like Derek Jeter got that storybook ending. But if we're going to look at the overall nature of those two legends' careers, and I ask you, New York City, you can only have one. You can only build your franchise with one from start to finish. Who's your choice? Kobe Bryant? Tim Duncan? I'm not hesitating. I'm not really thinking twice about it. The choice is Duncan. Duncan, out of this year's class, the best of the bunch. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.